Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome in Bears fans for another installment of Bear Bones. I am Mason West and sorry for the delay. Uh, today was a little weird as you can see. Uh, I'm not normally where I'm at. Still got my green screen, all that stuff. Uh, reason being is because I did move. And so, you know, getting all set up, trying to figure this all out, uh, took a little longer than expected. So fortunately we are here, we are now live and we're going to have a little chat here, just me today. And we're going to go through a couple of uh, key points that did happen this last week, uh, as well as looking at some kind of, I would say, interesting potential realistic storylines that I'm hoping essentially happen next year. So first off, Bears Stadium fiasco, right? Right. As we now originally Bears bought the land in Arlington Heights and there's a little snafu. Turns out that there is a bit of a, a tax issue. Uh, long story short, without trying to get into all the nitty gritty of it, uh, the city of Arlington Heights is jacking up the jacking up the taxes on them. Um, you know, a, a good example is essentially right. You go to buy something from the store, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, you get to the check the checkout line, and as you go to ring it up, that that price is like triple what you thought, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, okay, well, why is this the case? You know, I it's not what this is listed at uh but it's like oh this is potential this is potentially what it's going to be and that's what the biggest issue is all about potential right the city of Arlington heights is saying well eventually it's gonna be this big you're gonna be able to make this much money and the bears are saying well it's an empty land that we're just knocking down so not exactly great naperville's throwing their hat in the ring um i personally wouldn't love it at naperville uh, I don't, nothing against Naperville. It's a little further out. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it, honestly, but if I had to pick between the, let's say the three at this point, Arlington Heights, Naperville, Chicago, I would still say Arlington Heights. I think it's a little easier to get to for most people. Uh, the land, we know what the land could be because we know, you know, what's currently sitting there. We're not really sure with Naperville. They'd have to hold their conversation. Um, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't think they're going anywhere. I, in term, I think they're, sorry, let me rephrase. They are going to go somewhere. They're going to go to Arlington Heights. Uh, there was also some news that Bears had a discussion, you know, Kevin Warren and new Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. Uh, how true is that uh, in terms of how much that conversation was? Uh, there was a press release put out by both the Bears and and the city representing Brandon Johnson. It wasn't anything to write home about. It was like a lot of word salad, just basically just saying we're talking and we have similar values and we hope to continue working together in the future. But that could be anything, right? I mean, that could be everything from simply uh, trying to continue to, you know, DEI efforts in the city that could be, you know, helping hungry kids in the city that could be all the way to having a stadium in the city uh, at this point in time. It's just words. Uh, there's, I'm not anti Chicago in terms of soldier field. 
I love Soldier Field in terms of the memories of it. But when you go to other stadiums, it really leaves you wanting, right? It's it's tough. The there's not it's hard to get there. You know the menus aren't great. Uh, when I got to be in the press box uh, two years ago, uh, the, the significant difference between press boxes of Soldier Field to some other stadiums vast. Uh, you heard active complaints from other press members who were also there. So essentially, yeah, Chicago it needs to be refurbished. And currently, how where it sits between the parks, not really doable. But not going to harp on that too much. Uh, in addition, so uh, Jalen Johnson and A. Jackson back at practice. Uh, Jalen uh, was spending a lot of time away with his daughter. We have to remember that these are not mandatory practices. They are simply, you know, they're here. They can go if they want to. That's the definition of non-mandatory. Um, Eddie, uh, clearly, Jalen Johnson felt that he didn't need to be there. Is this still a ploy in order to, you know, potentially have in contract negotiations with the Bears? Potentially. That, that's absolutely possible. Um, however, there's no way of knowing at this point in time. And he, But he's back. That's all that matters. Eddie Jackson, also back, like I said. Um, as I had mentioned multiple times, whether it's here on the podcast, on Twitter, uh, Eddie was going to be back before training camp had even started, before the mandatory abortions had even started. He just had some stuff to take care of. Um, and when it comes to Darnell Mooney, he is not there. That's to be expected. Uh, he is still recovering, working from that ankle. He, Eber, Matt Eberflu said he's going to be back for training camp. And from my understanding, you know, if you go back and look at the episode that I talked to Dr. Michael Risher, he said the exact same thing, that he'd be ready for training camp. So, so far, Dr. Risher has been delivering on what he's been saying wouldn't expect that to change here now before oh and then also uh, a little bit of last bit of news in terms of some ota stuff uh justin fields apparently struggled a little bit with his deep ball yesterday uh when and i'm not looking too much into it one of the few things that i'm very confident in that for sure that i could say i know that justin's great at and will continue to be great at besides his running is also the deep ball he's got one of the best deep balls currently in the league in terms of his accuracy with it um and they even said Janoko said that he was testing justin he had him throw into the wind in some adverse conditions um there was you know a pass that was just out of reach of tyler scott understandable uh the one that's a little funky that we you heard reported about was actually a pass i believe was for Bayless jones jr that one was a bit out of reach and out of balance over the back of the end zone that one you don't love you know if it's not in balance you can't catch it so hopefully, you know, it was just one of those days. But that being said, I've heard from some very reliable sources, uh, people very close to the situation, you know, that Justin Fields, DJ Moore, those guys are looking great. DJ Moore is better than expected, even in terms of what he can bring for a wide receiver one uh, that, you know, guys on the field, the, the secondary that he has to go against are saying, all right, these <laughs> this guy is legit. He is a, he's a true number one. Uh, you're hearing that from the other, some of the other receivers as well, some of the offensive players. So when you have the people you're going against in practice every day really speaking your praises, you know that's that's real. Uh, same thing with Justin. People are seeing the difference in his release, the quickness that he's getting the ball out of there, you know, a much faster release, which is great because he held onto the ball a little bit too long. And we're just throwing it, right? You know, just, just being able to say, hey, I'm just going to start. It's like I'm in the backyard. I'm just zipping the ball. I think last year you saw that on some of those gimmies, those layups, some of those are missed. Whether it was uh, a good example was when he overthrew, I can't even remember which tight end it was, but tight into the corner of the end zone. Some of those flat routes, uh, some of the swing passes to the running backs. Uh, that 
so far has been cleaned up, which is big news. Now, before we go any further, I want to do our little ad read here for our newest sponsor. Last two weeks ago was the first time that this popped up, but now we get to do another one for My Mighty Mills. I'm excited to continue the sponsorship with My Mighty Mills. Owner and founder Chris Davia puts the personal touch to healthy eating that most meal prep services are missing. I've been using his services for almost three years now and haven't looked back. My Mighty Meals are cooked fresh and delivered directly to your home or work weekly in the Chicagoland area. They taste great the day you get them, as well as the final day of your week as you anticipate your next delivery. Each meal is macro-friendly and makes it incredibly easy to track. You can choose from standard meals that are under 500 calories or heftier ones that are between 500 and 750 calories. The meals rotate each week, so I personally never get bored. A few examples include Denver Tater Top Scramble, Pineapple Teriyaki Burger, Loaded mashed potato, barbecue pork with sweet potatoes, and coleslaw. Need something specific or have dietary restrictions? You can customize your order for just a little bit more. One of my favorite parts is there isn't a subscription, so you don't get stuck with meals you don't need. Just skip a week, a month, or even a month if you need to. You can find him on Instagram at MyMightyMeals. And starting now, you can use the code GRIDIRON25 for 25% off your first order at mymymeetles.com. So that's awesome. Go ahead, get that first order done. Gridiron 25 for 25% off. I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed. Just makes my life so much easier to have that available for me. Now, today, supposed to have Danny Me in here. Not sure where he is. So instead, I'm going to do this solo. For anyone that is watching, if you want to interact in the chat uh, with some of these points that I'm going to bring up, I'm going to try to highlight that the best I can bring y'all in on this was so not just me talking to you. Uh, but the intent for today was to bring up t- 10 storylines that are realistic and that we were hoping to see happen for this Bears season. So for example, my number one storyline that I was hoping was going to pop up in eh, probably next couple weeks, training first week of training camp or so, Bears signed Jadavian Clowney for one year, $5 million per year, and Bears trade for Bryce Huff fifth for a fifth rounder with playing time conditions that can make it a fourth. Now, why is that? It's not a secret. The Bears pass rush is questionable at best. You know, you're hearing some good things out of camp from Walker, and I'm very excited at what he's going to end up ultimately doing for us. But, you know, Trevs Gibson leaves you a little bit wanting. You, you just want a little oomph there. There's, they didn't do anything really in the draft outside of, you know, maybe if you consider, you know, Sewell potentially just to be one of your, an, an edge rusher, but really he's still a linebacker that could do some edge pass rushing for you. So going out and getting one of the few guys that's left, Frank Clark got signed today. So that's another guy who's off the, the table for you. So that's why I'm going for him. Also, Bryce Huff is a good example. Bryce Huff is Someone that I know like Brad Spielberger, Spielberger has talked about. Reason being, Carl Lawson got his new deal and uh, with the New York Jets. And Bryce Huff may want a larger role elsewhere in a contract year of his own. Uh, so he originally before signed a second round RFA tender this like this offseason. So the Jets clearly do still want him. But, you know, if he wants to get paid, they want to get a little something for him. I think you could probably get him for a fifth round pick at this point in time. Again, with some of those... Uh, conditions like playing time snap count that would elevate it to a fourth potentially the reason why i'm so high on huff is he had 36 qb pressures on just 173 pass rush reps in 2023 
and it currently is buried on the depth chart. So if if he you can the Jets can get a little something for him at this point in time, because I don't know that they're gonna be able to pay him, you know, especially with all this other stuff they got going on there. Again, Carl Lawson, Aaron Rodgers now there, et cetera, et cetera. He'd be someone I go would go for. Going back to Clowney, he only had two sacks last year, but he had nine the year before. He's still a physical freak, and let's be real, he still would be the best pass rusher on the Bears team walking in if he they were to sign him. Number two, Bears start the season 1-0 with a 28-13 victory over the Packers. I think this is entirely possible, right? When you look at what the Bears have added and you look at what's happened with the Packers. Now, with the Packers, it really depends. It's Jordan Love. What is Jordan Love? Ultimately, what does he end up doing? Because so far, he's been really hidden. He had a couple of games that were interesting, like that game against the Eagles, for example. But a lot of that was his receivers. A lot of that was, hey, let's get the ball to Christian Watson, and Christian Watson did the rest. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, right? At the end of the day, like, plenty of teams have won with what essentially that's, you know, a game-managing quarterback. But ultimately, especially this early in the season, is that going to be something that we we, we can see happen? Um, the defense is very good for the Packers, but they underperformed. They have a lot of talent. There's a lot of first-rounders on that roster on the defensive side. And why did they underperform? Was it simply being put in the wrong place with their, by the defensive coordinator, or is there something else going on there? Without knowing all that and knowing what the Bears added, I absolutely can see the Bears taking this one. All right, now we're going to move on. Number three, Chase Claypool enters the week 13 bye with six touchdowns. He scored nine his rookie year, so he's totally capable of it. When you add in a wide receiver like a DJ Moore, and I've said this multiple times, I'm going to say it again, everyone gets better because you start to push everyone else down the depth chart a little bit, right? Whoever you want to say is your wide receiver too, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, they're they're different receivers, different positions, but basically taking those two and making them your wide receiver two and wide receiver three, all of a sudden, right, that looks a lot better than having them as one and two. Same thing with an equanimity St. Brown. Instead of having to be essentially wide receiver one when Darnell Mooney went down, now he's your wide receiver four, five, significantly better. Bayless Jones Jr., you don't have to expect as much of him, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to keep going on. So parlaying off of that, with the attention that DJ Moore should pull, with the attention that a Cole Komet and a Robert Tanyan, another addition, should pull. I absolutely can see Chase Claypool being able to revitalize his career a little bit. He's been in the playbook. Yes, he has been out of OTAs recently, uh, but that's more precautionary from what I understand than truly an issue that we need to worry about looking forward. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when the voluntary sessions start, or sorry, mandatory sessions start, what, what's going to happen there. Um, number four, Bears enter the bye week at seven and five. Now, I went through and kind of did a general glance at this. Uh, uh, I got to say goodbye to Nomad before he goes. Thanks for checking in, Nomad. Uh, I hope we got to definitely check out your show later today, too. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, I went through, and yes, there were some I was, I was games where I was saying win, loss, win, loss. Uh, when you look at the Bears season before the bye week, there are definitely a lot of winnable games in there. You know, the Buck, the first Packers game comes to mind. The Bucks game comes to mind. Uh, really how I looked at this, the, the Chiefs, I marked that as a loss. Let's be real. The Chargers, I mentally marked that as a loss. Um, but the, also what I think you have to look at as a whole is just what's happening in your division. We already talked about the Packers. 
the Lions can be feisty and the Lions can be scary just because of what they have, right? They have a good running back room. Dave Montgomery, I know like the advanced stats don't support him very much as a running back one, but he fits very well with Detroit. He's still going to get you some the yards you need. He's still going to get you some touchdowns you need. Uh, and then you add in a very dynamic running back like a Jameer Gibbs. That's a good running back room. Jared Goff has done very well with the Lions. I think Matt with how what Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinators had been able to do in terms of and being able to manage expectations as a whole, keep them under control a little bit and play to his strengths. They've done well. Now that keep that in mind, their wide receiver room leaves you a little wanting. Jameson Williams, we have no idea, right? He came off that ACL. He had a couple of moments last year near the end when they finally let him play that he looked really good, but he's also missing time again because this time for gambling issues. Uh, however, you know, after him, it falls off. Amon Ross St. Brown, fantastic slot receiver. And then it's just a bunch of guys. Uh, d- on defense, eh, they're, they're, I mean, there's, again, so some pieces, some of their pieces are very good. I actually do really like the safeties that they have. You know, some of their edge rushers, very good. Linebackers, eh, defensive tackles, meh. So with all that, still with the Lions, is more of a, I will believe it when I see it. It's, it's, the division is a very winnable division. Either you can split that division very easily, or you might be able to sweep a couple a series here or two. So if you can do that, now all of a sudden, that's where you can be looking at that 7-5 and five record, like I said, entering the bye week in week 13. And Derek brings up a good point. Monty can bite a kneecap, that's for sure. Well, if he can do that, you know, the Lions absolutely are going to love him. Um, number five, halfway point. Bears end the regular season with 36 sacks, almost doubling their total from last season and ending with 15th to 18th most in the league. So the thing that's pretty crazy when you come, when you look at sack numbers, I mean, the Bears had 20 last year and that they were horrendous. It was just bad. Uh, as we've seen, defense is very up and down. Uh, it, it changes year to year. We saw that in 2018 Bears to the 2019 Bears. 2018 Bears were able to turn the ball over like crazy. And then in 2019, they didn't do that. The defense looked very different. Same thing can happen with sacks same, and just defense as a whole. So I just simply don't think that's going to happen. I think when you bring in a guy like a Tremaine Edmonds, who's going to put that kind of the cap on that secondary layer before they get into the true secondary uh, and just what he's going to be able to, what he's going to be able to do to help take away the passing game. That's going to help a lot. Uh, when you've got a TJ Edwards, where you can do the run game. Fantastic. Uh, the Bears, definitely, they got a little more solid in the middle. Andrew Billings is actually a decent player. Both Gervin Dexter and Pickens, Zach Pickens specifically, are going to be very interesting. Right? I think you don't know exactly what you're going to get out of those two rookies, but it's better than what you got last year. And you still have Justin Jones there. So with all that being said, you should be able to manufacture more pressure. Also, our secondary should be better. Another year, Kyler Gordon. Another year, Jaquan Brisker, no longer rookies. You're probably relying on a rookie on the outside there in Ty- Tyreek Stevenson. But, you know, that's going to be ultimately better than that's going to be ultimately better than what you had last year with a Kindle Vildor, uh, the Jalen Jones, you know, all still solid players, but I want them as my depth pieces. I don't want them as my starters. Uh, so that it, to get 16 more sacks, don't think it's asking that much. All right. Now it's time for my shameless self plug starting this Monday, uh, 12th of June. I'll be starting a new step of my career as the clinic director of ignite physical therapy and sports performance in the West loop of Chicago. 
the it is owned by Sarah Plumley, and she's an absolute rock star. You know, she has a strong orthopedic and sports medicine background as she was a United States women's national soccer team physical therapist and worked in Division I athletics at DePaul University. She was also the physical therapist for the Broadway show Riverdance and worked with the independent professional baseball team, the Windy City Thunderbolts. At Ignite, the goal is to collaborate for physical therapy, return to sport, rehabilitation, strength and conditioning, body composition, nutrition counseling, personal training, small group fitness training, and youth and athlete athletic development. I personally plan to emphasize being proactive with all of my patients and athletes, not reactive like most PT clinics. If you want to set up a time with me, whether it's for an injury, whether it's for performance training, you know, it could be something simple as you want to improve yourself as in weekend warrior basketball, or maybe you are a high school athlete that wants to make, make the most of what they have. Give a call 815-762-0225 or email me mason at igniteptsp.com. Don't wait, you know, get, be the best person you can be starting now. We're on the back half here and Cornelius Squalls bringing up an interesting point here. Because the Bears are so much better everywhere else, I'm not that worried about the DN position. And I would have to agree with that. Um, If... If you can create some, if your secondary can lock down some receivers, if you, if your linebackers can flow the defensive end position and that pass rush may not be quite as big of an issue. Now I'd still like to make it better, but I'm not going to freak out about it at this point in time. It's still early. It's June. Uh, Jacob Jacobson. I'm not going to say the middle name. I apologize. I'm going to butcher it. I feel bad if I do. Uh, but asked, but will most teams have an easy time running the ball on us? I could fear that being a problem, not least versus division teams. Very valid point. The defensive line is a question mark, right? Justin Jones, to me, very good player, but he should be a rotational piece. Andrew Billings, not a household name, but better than people think he is. And really boils down to what you're going to get out of those rookies in, term, in Dexter and Pickens. I think one of the things that's really going to help is they're just athletic freaks. So, and I say that in the nicest way possible, when you're that athletic, if you're going to make a mistake, just make it fast, right? So if you're going to, and they're going to be asked to just get upfield and disrupt. So for the most part, it's not like they're going to make coverage mistakes, right? That, that's why it's hard to have a, a rookie corner out there sometimes, or even like a linebacker, right? If you flow to the right hole, do you fill the right hole? Do you leave a cutback lane? They're going to be asking these defensive linemen, just get up and cause chaos. And then you let your uber athletic linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds and your very savvy, smart linebacker in TJ Edwards. And potentially if you're using your Sam and Jack Sanborn flow to the ball and make tackles. So I think the run defense this year is going to be significantly better for those reasons. Last year, you basically had Justin Jones and then there was such a big drop off. And also, right. The D if you have to remember the defense was actually decent last year. They, they were top half of the league, I believe, maybe even like top 10 in, ter- in a lot of the metrics there. And then when they trade away Robert Quinn, who was barely doing anything, you trade away a Roquan Smith. That's when the defense really got funky. And when you were having to rely purely on a Jack Sanborn, when the secondary had their injuries, things of that nature. So um, all that being said, I don't think that the teams are going to gash the Bears in the running game. Are they going to be a top five run defense? No, I don't think that. But I also don't think they're going to be bottom half of the league or anything. Um, number six, for my realistic, hopeful uh, time, uh, 
I'm blanking on the words I'm even trying to use right now. But, but uh, my number six for my realistic storyline wish list. There we go. Bears sweep the Vikings. I don't know what the Vikings are doing. My guess is they're trying to say, we are going to hopefully make an offense that is essentially good enough that our defense doesn't matter. The defense is fine, but they're trade. You know, they're trading away pieces. Uh, they they cut Dalvin Cook. Is that going to be? I mean, is it, Dalvin Cook wasn't saving the Vikings, and we saw that even when they played the Bears specifically. There was that little kind of running shtick. 2018, 2019, where it was like, for some reason, every time that Dalvin Cook played the Bears, he became more mortal. Uh, now, at the same time, though, they're going to miss Dalvin Cook. There's a drop-off between him and Alexander Madison. And then you go down the, the line, I uh, believe they drafted Dwayne McBride, who I like as a running back, a rookie prospect, but he's not going to change your team for you. And so now you're really hoping Kirk Cousins doesn't turn into a pumpkin more often than not. And that's what he tends to do. He, he's a guy he's not he's not a dude he's just he's just a guy uh but you do have a really solid right wide receiver tight end combo around him you know when you have justin jefferson when you have tj hawkinson i like kj osborne you added in an addison who i'm not like super high on but he's still a good football player that's what they're hoping that basically that carries them because the defense is not great now they did bring in brian flores and i think brian flores is a fantastic coach uh, I think he should be a head coach still, uh, or maybe not with the Dolphins where he was before, but he still have the opportunity. Uh, so for them, you they have to really, really hope that Flores can elevate what they lack in pieces there because they're lacking a lot, especially in the secondary. So uh, with all that being said, I'm going to give a nod to saying that the Bears sweep the Vikings. Is it is it locked in or anything? No, but again, this is a what is a realistic possibility. And of all three teams, I would say that the Vikings would be the most likely. Number seven. Oh, you know, I'm gonna before I do that, I'm gonna bring up what Cornelius Squall said. The Vikings are doing a covert rebuild. It's it's a valid, it's an interesting point because it's it's I don't even know if it's covert, it's just a bad rebuild. <laughs> like it's just this weird line of trying to straddle being relevant and good, but not con- committing. And that's how you just say mediocre. That's one of the reasons why if you're if you're a Bulls fan, that's why the Bulls continue to be where they're at. Because they straddle the lot, they refuse to go on the luxury tax, they refuse to pay players, but they also don't want to rebuild. So the Vi- so the Vikings are, I don't know again what the Vikings necessarily are doing, but it's it's not great. Commit to something. Uh, my number seven. Bears, Justin Fields, DJ Moore. Tevin Jenkins, Jalen Johnson, and Tremaine Edmonds all get Pro Bowl nods. Now, the biggest thing that would prevent this from happening is the record, right? Pro Bowlers go votes, they go to winning teams. At this, I said that they were going to be, I believe I said seven and five going into the bye week. Uh, that's not necessarily a winning, winning team. But at the end of the day, depending on what happens with the rest of the division, if you are potentially even winning your division because of what you've been able to do there. If you are sneak in a wild card spot, at least something of that nature, you're, you're going to get at least some of those pro bowl looks. I mean, even last year with how terrible the bears were, the bears were not a good football team last year. Let's not get that twisted, but with how terrible they were, you know, there were at a minimum fantasy MVP conversations along with some, some, you know, 
the MVP combos for Justin Fields. He got a couple of votes here and there. Again, I'm not saying that he deserved that necessarily with what how the year looked and ended in totality. He needs to get that passing game up. Um, but if you're able to do that when you end up as a team that gets the number one overall pick, if you can stack a better season, if you can get a better record, if your offense is more fun and explosive by bringing in a DJ Moore, that's going to be huge. DJ Moore, I'm giving the nod to because if he can be a big part of the reason why that offense does explode, right? He's one of the biggest pieces, if not the biggest piece added this offseason, you're going to get those nods. Tevin Jenkins, very, very good in run blocking last year, needs more pass blocking work. But if you can have a more solid center, whether that's Cody Whitehair, whether that ends up being uh, Lucas Patrick, he's good. He's going to look a lot better in the pass blocking game. I'm putting Jalen Johnson here, and this is probably the one I'm the least confident in. But I think he has the personality and the mentality to take what I believe might be considered a slight, you know, not getting the contract he's been he's looking for uh, before the season starts and parlay that into a really good season. I remember back when I was on uh, Chicago Audible at the end of his rookie year, we had to say like who our most disappointing bear was and mine was Jalen Johnson. And I got a lot of flack for that. And the reason I said that was I just didn't like his lack of pass breakups. I didn't love his lack of interceptions. If you want to be, and that fast forward to today, if you want to be a top paid cornerback, they don't pay middle of the road cornerbacks. Like that's a, a market that doesn't exist. Just like with quarterbacks. There, there's not a middle-of-the-road quarterback market. There's the top guys who keep resetting and keep moving forward, like Jalen Hurts this last year, and then there's the journeymen, etc. guys. There's really not a middle. Same thing for corner. Jalen needs to step up this year. He needs to turn the ball over. He needs to break up more passes in order to truly be considered a top corner. And so if he's able to do that, he can get some Pro Bowl votes, if not maybe the full nod. And then lastly, I put Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I just think that in Fluce's system uh, with what he lets and asks the linebackers to do, that Tremaine Edmonds is going to rack up some stats. He's going to flash. And just with that athleticism too, he's going to become a, a favorite of broadcasters and fans and people watching the game. All right, only a couple more here. Number eight, Justin Fields ends the regular season with 3,233 yards passing. 66.3% completion percentage, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and 850 yards rushing. Now, how did I get to those numbers? I actually took Donovan McNabb year's, Donovan McNabb's year three stats, except for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I used his pa- uh, his passing completion percentage because Donovan McNabb's was like in like the 50s, and I didn't like that. Um, I think Justin can be a lot more accurate than that. And I also, so what I also took Justin's, rushing yards from last year and knocked 25 percent of them off uh so if, if just can do that right if he can have 25 touchdowns to 12 interceptions if he can pass for over 3,000 yards passing and still maintain the rushing yards that is to me that's the season that we're looking for that's it's an excellent season something that we want we you can continue to build on because that's what this is this is still a rebuild uh for any bears fans that are hoping that you know to get to 10 12 wins this year you might be in the wrong place. So look, this is what you want to look for. You look for progression in improving of your franchise quarterback with the addition of DJ Moore, with a addition of a right tackle and Darnell Wright, with uh, a different, I think what'll be more explosive backfield when you add in uh, a Deontay Foreman, a Roshan Johnson, in addition to what Cleo Herbert was already bringing you. Uh, when you let 
chase do a little more and be more on the, you know, no more of the playbook. Darnell Mooney, hopefully stays healthy. You bring in a, a red zone threat, like a Robert Tunyon, you bring in, I almost forgot Nate Davis, who finally showed up to OTAs by, by the way. Uh, and he can solidify the middle for help solidify the middle for you. I, I think that's, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, number nine, bears make the playoffs. Uh, there's a couple ways this can happen. I do think, again, the division's up for grabs. So you could win the division, even if your overall record against some of the games with, you know, the Chiefs and yeah, the Chargers, things like that aren't necessarily what you want. And they might get trounced, honestly, by some of those teams. Mahomes has, a, I think, a mini vendetta against the Bears. Everyone remembers him counting down the number of picks of players taken uh, before him. Um, and and uh, it, was, it's, it was funky. Right. It was, it's, it was tough. And lastly, my last point, number 10, Bears lose a nail biter in the playoffs to the eventual Super Bowl champion Eagles 39-36. Now, again, none of this is necessarily going to happen. All this this was was what are some potential realistic things that I wish can happen? And if the Bears could go make the playoffs and then lose in dramatic fashion, to what ends up being a Eagles team that ends up winning the Super Bowl. At, and as I said previously, Justin ended the season with almost 4,000 yards from your quarterback, as Cornelius put, put pointed out. Uh, if you can have a couple of people who've got some Pro Bowl votes in there uh, and you're, you're confident in a lot of those players, I think you're in a very good spot. But that's all we have. Short episode. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. If you have any questions that are that are coming up we're probably going to do a q a uh for one of our future episodes so please feel free to comment those i'll shoot something out on twitter uh if you have any thoughts on the podcast also leave that there tell someone about it right tell a friend it really does help even if it's just like hey there's this podcast it's pretty interesting go ahead and check it out the more we grow the more that we can actually give you guys as fans and you guys are the ones that really help us out a lot and then we can give do and give you more things all right so Everyone, enjoy beginning of June. Uh, we're going to get to kind of the doldrums of the season coming up soon, but we'll start to get also a little bit more news here and there. Bear down.